overcoming offense. Getting to that place in God where you are living stress-free, strife-free, and stuck-free. Throughout this teaching, we have discovered that one of Satan's number one mode of operation is to keep God's people particularly in a state or a constant state of offense. <laughs> keep them tripped up. What do you mean offense? We know that by now you guys should be able to articulate this very clearly now. We know that that word offense is the Greek word scandalin, and it simply means to be a stumbling block or a trigger of a trap, a stumbling block. Someone say stumbling block. Something that causes you to stumble. And it's the part of the trap that ensnares its prey. And we've discovered that most are offended by their own carnal thinking or personal biases. So most people are offended because of their perception of things. Now, there are those who are truly offended, maybe nothing uh, that they intentionally wanted to happen or did. Someone just did something that caused offense. And a couple of things we understood about offense is that offenses are going to come. Okay? I want to give you a little review without Timmy just putting up all these verses because we got to get this information to you. And and today we're going to continue. Last week we didn't get to it, but we're talking about seven indispensable qualities that we need. Seven indispensable qualities that we're going to see here that Peter said, if you add these or supply your faith with these, you will never stumble. Are you here? So, 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 but, but uh, uh, we, we, we've learned that offenses are going to come. We've seen this and you can write it down for your hearing. Luke 17, particularly beginning at verse 1 through verse 3, that offenses are going to come. When you say that, offenses are going to come. Traps are going to come. Things to cause you to stumble are going to come. Now, here's the thing. But you don't have to take the offense. You're going to be offended, but you don't have to take the offense. How do you know uh, when I've taken it? When there's acrimony, when there's bitterness, resentment, slander, hatred, the spirit of murder. We've seen all this throughout the scripture. So we, I hold it. Are you here? Harbor unforgiveness. And these are just some of the things. That, that comes as a result of you taking hold of an offense. And I'm saying that because I, I, I need you to understand, beloved, that people are going to say things to try to hurt you, or that would hurt you, but you don't have to allow that thing to seep. It, it, is, it is your choice whether or not you hold on to it or let it go. Okay? Now, I want to show you something because... We've seen in the Word, I need, you to, I need to show you these two verses because notice now we're moving from information to application. Will you say that? We're moving from information to application. We, we, we've dealt with a significant amount of information regarding offense. You should know it by now that, hey, some of you now, you see it coming, you know how to fight it off. 
So we have to move now from, you got plenty of information. Now we need application. And here's the thing. Get into that place where you don't take it. It's a place of maturity. You just don't arrive there. You have to mature there. It's a growth process. That's why, and we've seen uh, throughout this teaching that a brother offended is harder to win than a fortified city. In other words, you can compromise a strong city easier than it is to get a brother or a sister to release offense. That's in, in and of itself lets you know that it's a cho- I choose to hold it. And here's the thing, when you hold it, when you harbor unforgiveness, when you harbor resentment, when, when you harbor hatred, it hurts you more so than it does the person whom you think you're hurting. That's why we've seen last week and previous weeks that a brother uh, it, who overlooks it, it's a great honor for that individual who overlooks an offense, not overlooking in the sense that you are denying that it happened. No, overlook there in the Hebrew means to let it go. So it's a great honor to that man, to that woman who has the maturity enough to let it go. Are you here? Because Jesus said, they're going to come. Then he says, take heed to yourself. You stay on guard. Are you with me? Now, I need to show you because a lot of people think, and, and, see, and I understand what that corner thinking, they think, oh, oh that's impossible. Oh, I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to, you're going to hate people. Well, what, let's see what the Word of God has to say about that. Because you can't, uh, again, and we've seen in Matthew, I know it's been said that if they hurt you, you hurt them. If they do this, but I say, Jesus said, love. <laughs> Are you here? Now, let me show you something. Psalms 119 and 165, I just want to show you this verse to show you that you can get to that place. Will you say this? I can get to the place where I am living, where I am living stress-free, strife-free, and stuck-free. First, Psalms 119, 165. Ready? Let's read. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing. Great peace have they which love thy law. So if I'm going to get to that place of great peace, I have to be a lover of God's word. Law, his commandments, his word, his statutes. What do you mean a lover? One who does what the word says to do. A lover of God's word is someone who does the word or responds according to the word. Not reacting. Because the natural tendency is to, in most, if they're not disciplined, you're going to be emotional. And do what you feel. That's just a natural fallen nature response. If you hurt me, by God, I'm going to hurt you. But that's not the characteristic, or that's not a characteristic of Jesus. And if we are followers of Jesus, we should respond like he responds. 
Not just when people are nice to us. Not just when things are growing good. You see, it tickles me sometimes. I see believers who only want to be like Jesus on the plus side. Casting out demons. Raising the sick. Or healing the sick. Raising the dead. But when it comes to loving those who are not so lovable and 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 uh, uh, showing grace to those and compassion to those who don't deserve it in our eyes. See how all of men that lets you know that there are people who. <laughs> but we must also respond like he responds. As Jesus is, so are we in the earth. So to love God's word is literally to live in agreement with it. In other words, you do what it says. So concerning this situation, I respond the way that the Word of God tells me to respond. Are you with me? 1 John 5, 3. Now, you just seen that if I'm a lover of God's Word, nothing shall offend me. What do you mean? Not that offenses aren't going to come, but it didn't offend me. It didn't when it says nothing shall offend you, I didn't allow that thing to take root. Why? Because I responded according to the word. Therefore, I got the word's results. So in other words, if I want to get to that place again where I'm stuck free, strife free, uh, uh, stress free, I have to respond to God's word. So I have to do what? Respond to God's word. You can talk back to me. I'm not going to bite you. Ready? Let's read. For the true love of God is this, that we keep his commandments. Does that sound like those who love his word? Do you see this? Uh, that we habitually keep his commandments and what? Remain See again. And I like to make this point again. Notice it says, first, the true love of God is this. So if I'm a truly a lover of God's word, then I will habitually keep his commandments or his word. Again, not talking about the ten. Talk, this is talking about his word, his laws, his statutes. Again, there were more than ten commandments that Israel had to keep. Okay? So it's talking about his word. And remain focused on his precepts. Precepts, that's principles. Ways. Methodologies. So when things try to get me off or tries to cause me to stumble. My, my job is to focus on his word, not what they did. My job is to focus on his precepts, not what they said. Focus on his precepts, not how bad it hurt. We're not denying that it didn't hurt. But the job is not, but our response is not to focus on the hurt. Because the more you focus on the hurt, the more that hurt is going to take root. And the more you're going to want to want revenge. Well, it's not easy. Not one time did you hear me say it's going to be easy to let it go. That's why we rely on his strength. Be strong in the, see, see if, if you try to do it, nah, you can be all right for about 35, 45 minutes. Then you can be ready to go back. 
But if you rely on his, be strong in the Lord and in the power of, Lord, I need your strength. You know how this hurt me. See, keep focusing on his precepts. That even means I can't allow anybody else who's still holding it to try to resurface that nonsense and get me back to a place that I've done overcame. Child, I don't forgot about it. I let that go. And I advise you to do the same. Oh, see, uh, it's real quiet today. Here I done wore a suit and y'all responding like that. I should have wore my jeans today. You respond better when I wear a t-shirt and jeans. I'm not wearing a suit again. I'm not until next Sunday. So here we see again, because I want to show you something, because again, people thinking, or there are those who assume that you can't get to that place. You just, there's just going to be people, Reverend, that you can't forgive. That's not Bible. And let me tell you that nowhere in the scripture do you find where we have been given a pass to harbor and hold unforgiveness. But we do have scripture telling us to forgive. Are you with me? So, for the lover, the, the for the true love of God is this: that we what habitually keep His commandments. And again, we know that's living in agreement, doing what His Word says. So, my job is to remain focused on His what precepts. Okay, and just let me say this real quickly. Uh, and every week, literally, people have been reaching out and letting me know how this message has been blessed to them, and people inboxing from. Asking various questions, but and just let me clarify this. Let me just give you a couple of things that forgiveness is not. Because sometimes people see a clip. Oh, I don't know about that, Rev. That really hurt me. So you just saying, see, listen to the whole message, sir, ma'am. I see what you're saying, but you just want me to just be a doormat. Did you hear me say be a doormat? And you can write these down if you want, if you, if you want to. You can write them down. Forgiveness is not easy. I would note that. For all the naysayers, in case somebody try to misquote me. Forgiveness is not, notice, I didn't say, don't forgive. I didn't say hold it back. No, still forgive, but I'm not saying it's going to be easy. See, I'm still trying to get to Second Peter, but I sense there's some bent on trying to justify why I haven't talked to my father and you don't know my situation, and forgiveness is not an admission of weakness. Rather, it's a sign of great strength. It's not, it, see, just because I forgave, doesn't mean I'm a punk. Just, it just means I'm a lover of God's word. 
It just shows that I'm, I'm a disciplined follower of Jesus. So forgiveness is not an admission. Of, it's not saying that you are weak. That's actually a sign of great strength. You know what kind of strength it takes to say, man, I, I want to I, I, I do something, but I, I forgive you. I want to take this 45 and just unload on... But and see, see, stop being a fake and a phony. Let me tell you something. You can't always stop thoughts from coming to your head, but you can't arrest them once they do come. I'm not saying you got to entertain them, but but you weren't even thinking about that. You you weren't thinking about stabbing a man. How, how did that thought come? But you dealt with it once it came. Oh no, I can't stab. I want to want to stab him, but no, no, Jesus wouldn't like that. That's how Christians ought to be talking. Here's another one. Forgiveness is not remaining in an environment where abuse and hurt can continue to take place. See, just because I forgave you, that doesn't mean I have to stay here and take this abuse. Yeah. Saint, God don't want us to, he, he wants us to honor his word. And nowhere in his word does he tell me I have to stay in this abusive relationship. You know, try to get some help. For some, some of y'all just too easy. You just, I'm out. Well, let's get counseling. Let's, let's take it. Let's, let's follow steps and protocol. I mean, you just going to leave me? We haven't talked to anybody. Let's try to reason. Some of y'all on y'all fifth. Fifth what? Fifth husband. Fifth wife. Now, I did, hey, that's between you and, and them and Jesus, man. I ain't got no problem with that. Don't let that offend you. Don't let that offend you. No pun intended. <laughs> Fifth wife, you don't know it. I, I just been marrying the wrong women. Women are hard to deal with. <laughs> Let, let's keep moving. Somebody said, whoo, I only got three. It's, 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 it's the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. <laughs> see, see, he was doing okay. And remember this. Four main areas that cause offense. What people said to you, what people didn't say to you, what people did to you, and what people did not do to you. But you know, I'm just, hey man, if you're happy now, I don't, whatever, it could be number 12. If, if you guys are happy and love Jesus, I'm happy for you, sir. 
Amen. Now, how you did that for you feel better? All right. Okay. So, uh, forgiveness is not remaining, guys, in an environment where uh, where abuse can continue to, to take place. So, and I'm saying that to say whether it's a uh, marital relationship, uh, friendship, a uh, family, it, if I don't have to see, I can love you from a distance. So I don't have to subject myself to continuous hurt just because I forgave you. So we need to understand that. Amen. Next, forgiving is not forgetting or excusing the offense, but it's choosing to overlook it or literally to let it go. Listen to me now. Forgiving is not forgetting. Are you here? Sometimes we think that, and let me tell you something, God remembers everything you've done. It, it, there's a uh, scripture we quote sometime in the Old Covenant. He talked about where he had cast your sins into the sea of forgiveness and remember them no more. That word in the Hebrew, it literally means not to mention. He knows. Which what I mentioned last week, the true essence of forgiveness is not that I forgot. But since I really forgave you, it's as if it didn't happen. So there's no need to mention it. It's not that I forgot. But since I truly forgave you, it's as if the offense never occurred. But you remember. Who gets that? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, listen, when God forgives you, it's, it, you, there's a clean slate. But it's, it's not like he can't recall if he needed to. See, and we should be like him. He doesn't throw it back up in your face. Why? Because he doesn't remember it. Because it's just as if. And now he sees you as a new creation. Oh, man. Okay. Forgiveness is not being blind to the pain. Healing is a process. So it's not being blind to that. So we're not saying that you may not hurt, depending on the nature of the situation. But uh, so we're not saying be, you know, in denial about being honest. Yeah, I forgave, but I need healing. Because see, the, the enemy, let me say, say why you need to be mindful of that, because the enemy would try to get you to feel as if you didn't because you're still healing. Oh, you ain't, and he'll beat you up about it. You didn't forgive. You know you didn't. You got to go back again. And you got to go. And then it just got you in this topsy-turvy state of mind. No, I forgave. I, I, I just understand I need to heal. And that's why you need his strength. Not talking about the man upstairs. Talking about the Lord Jesus. When I say he is, he is who? 
That's what's wrong now. You relying on the man. Who, who in the heck is the man upstairs? Upstairs where? Okay. Forgiveness is not waiting on the other. other. Oh, I said other. Let's slow that down. Forgiveness is not waiting on the other party to apologize first. See, again, these are, are adult classes. These, this teaching on offense are for the mature saints. Because we've seen in Scripture that when we let these things get the best of us, there are signs of immaturity. Let, let, let me show you something real quick. Matthew 5, uh, 42, 10 or maybe 5. Let's, let me show you something real quick. I just said forgiveness is not what? It's not waiting on the... Did you say other or other? Other, okay. Say it again because I don't want anybody writing down other. It's <laughs> the utter. Trying to be all intelligent. It's the, not letting out the utter party. Nah, Matthew. I, I thought I said Matthew 5. Did I say Matthew? What did I say? Okay. <laughs> oh, I love this. You have heard. That it was said, you shall what? Love your neighbor, your fellow man, and hate your enemy. See, that's what you've heard. But I, now Jesus speaking, say to you, love, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your, see, that's maturity. You mean to tell me they talking crazy about me and you want me to seek the higher good and, and pray for him? Yes, my dear. See, what gets me is, again, we want all the good stuff. We want the house in three days. The car is seven days. We want the money to fall through the roof in, in ten We don't want Pat, we want him to cut his message so that'll give me another 15 minutes running around the church praising the Lord. And that's good. But the down part is we want to do all that, but when it comes to walking in maturity, oh, I, I ain't ready for that. You got folk that will shout on your toes and not even speak to you. Walk into the car at the end of service. Won't even say, excuse me. And they know you didn't like it the way you looked at them, but still, because of their sanctified selves. Come on now. Nobody want to play. This is for real. But I say to you, what? Love. 
But I say to you. See, so that's how you should be thinking when people try to throw stumbling blocks in your way. Love. Here's how you get here, guys. By responding the way he said to respond at every turn. Every time someone tries to throw that stumbling block, Sister Williams, I respond the way God responds. Then that makes it that much easier for me to love. Notice Solomon said it's those little foxes that spoils the vine. It's those little things, little offense that you keep holding on to and holding on to. And you got a lot of people, they're offended at so many things and so many people, it's not even funny. Next verse. Matter of fact, when was the last time you prayed for someone who persecuted you? Or did you clap back? Give them a piece of your, give them a piece of his mind. Tweet that. Give them a piece of his mind. Well, how do I do that? You respond. The way he says to respond. And see, some of you will put that on your social media and get 20 million likes and won't even say my pastor said. But I'm going to go on there and say, I said that. <laughs> By way of Holy Spirit. Nah. <laughs> so that you may what? Show yourselves to be. Did we skip a verse? Okay, maybe we did. So, so that you may show yourselves to be what? Children, children of your Father who is in heaven. Now, let me show you something. So when we respond the way he wants us to respond, it shows or it, it identifies us as belonging to him. It identifies me, Brother Moore, as a follower of Jesus. Are you here? Now, for he makes his son to what? Rise on those who are evil and those who are good and makes the rain fall on the righteous. Those who are morally upright and the unrighteous, those who are unrepentant, those who are opposed to it. Notice, he makes the rain fall on, I think one translation says just as well as unjust. What does that mean? That means God even extends his love to those who oppose him. Not waited on them. To apologize first. See, that's conditional. But agape, the highest form of love, for God is love, is that unconditional love, that love that seeks no response, that love, that, that love, that type of love that loves because that's its nature. That's the only thing it can do is show you grace, show you uncommon favor, show you mercy, show you compassion, because that's what it does. Uh, next verse. For if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the collect tax collectors do that? In other words, they were notorious for cheating people. Are you here? 
So, so they understood, you know, the term they use, game recognized game. But, but what, what is that? Next verse. And if you greet only your brothers, risking them God's blessing and peace, what more than others are you doing? I mean, if, if, if you're just loving the lovable and... I mean, what, what have you really done when you love the lovable? No, for real, think about that. What, I, what have you done when someone, you say hello and they say hello? What have you done? Someone say, but, you know, it, but it's when that person who grunts looks at you in a mysterious way that you still love. See, now you've done something. It's when that person said something crazy, but you responded the way. See, now you're doing something. See, now you are identifying yourself as one belonging to Christ. Are you here? Are you do, uh, what more are you doing other than do, do not even the Gentiles who don't know the Lord do that? They do that. You, therefore, would be what? Perfect. Now, again, perfect in the Greek here, it means to be mature. It doesn't mean flawless. That's an illusion. There was only one like that. That was Jesus. So you're not going to be perfect in the sense of being flawless. That's not what this means. So when you hear people say that, be, be perfect as Jesus perfect. Okay, it means to be mature, not perfect in a sense, because you, you're not going to be flawless in that sense because of the sin nature. Now, you might... Now, you can mature and mature and, and keep getting closer, but, but that actual perfection, we, we're not going to reach that. I ain't mean to bust your bubble, but you're not going to reach perfection per se. See, some trying to figure out a scripture to find to justify it. I'm waiting. I am perfect. I don't care what he said. I'm perfect. <laughs> Jesus, here's how they do. Jesus said, I'm perfect. So I'm, what, what did he say you was perfect? So when he says, be ye perfect as he was perfect, it tells you right here, growing in what? Spiritual maturity. Both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values. See, look at this. Into your daily life as your heavenly father is perfect. So when I, as I do these things, you know what I'm doing? I'm growing. Growing. Spiritually, I'm becoming more and more mature. That's why you've heard me say, this is a place that you arrive at. You don't get here just because you've been saved so long or so many years. This is a place that you arrive at by taking the initiative and being purposeful in responding the way the Word of God says. Are you here? So uh, forgiveness, again, is not waiting on the other party to apologize first. Uh, forgiveness is not trusting. What do you mean by that? It doesn't mean that I have to trust you just because I forgave you. Are you here? I hope you're writing these down. So forgiveness is not trusting. 
Let me give you an example. God forbid you leave your child with someone who's having a bad day and and they do something crazy. Watch this. Yeah, I forgive you. But you won't be watching this one again. So it's not trusting. Doesn't mean I have to trust you. Yeah, I forgave you, but don't come back to my house. Because I don't know if I do it a second time. Redman, you just said, Jesus said, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> we talking about my town now. Can I get some amens in the house? See, some of y'all, see, some of y'all still mad and haven't forgiven somebody did something to your kids when they were eight years old. Let it go. And all we talking about, they just spanked them and you still upset with that. Let that go. Forgiveness is counseling a person's debt to you. Same thing Jesus did for us. You're counseling the debt. Are you here? Now, I gave you several things. Now let's go to 2 Peter. And yeah, we're probably going to have to come back here. Now, again, one of the reasons why Peter is writing the second epistle, he's warning the believers, I want you to hear this, of internal attack. Will you say that? He's warning them of internal attack, complacency, complacency, and heresy. There were false teachers, leaders, leading people away from the faith. Then there were those who were complacent. That's why you got to be careful who you hear and what you're listening to. You're on fire now, you're dealing with the wrong crowd, and now you don't become complacent. But more importantly, there were those, he said, watch out for internal attack. Now, I, I stated some weeks ago, uh, I gave you a survey, and it said how 80%, someone say 80%, of believers are offended. So that means everybody but me and Brother Moore. And pastor. <laughs> Got a chip on his shoulder. 80%. Offended. Second Peter. I want to show you something. Oh, man. Uh, my time, th that's it? Can I give you a couple more minutes? 
I heard that. Yeah, hey, I am being led by the Spirit. But I'm also mindful that Spirit don't take all day to get what he want out. You know, the, the, he, you know, ain't no need us coming here in 10 and leaving at 2 and 3. God, what is he talking slow or what? <laughs> and, and if you take out a lot of the, the stuff that's not really necessary, most of us can be out in a fairly decent time. It'll make sense, man. What, what, what's going on? <laughs> that we come at 10 but don't leave it until 2. What, what, what's being said? Now, some might take offense to that. I'm just saying I, I like the way the Lord flows here. He, 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 he gets us in and gets us out. Some of y'all passing and say, hey, Lord, wait, give, me, give me some today. Can we continue this Tuesday, <laughs> next Sunday? It, it, no, no, seriously. It, it, and watch this. A great majority haven't returned. They just so watch you in the bed. And, you, and the reason why they do that, because... They don't have to go through that four-hour stuff. They just wait till you start preaching. Oh, I can, I can tolerate that. And some are saying, when they, when they cut some of the stuff out, I'll be back. See, look around here. Look at all these people around here. Y'all know, look, look. You know why? Because we get you in, get you in. Y'all, y'all look at me. Look, look around you, man. Look, look, look. Yeah, look around you. Yeah. That sir was still home laying in the bed watching me. <laughs> I see you, sister. <laughs> Y'all get serious. Notice we're talking about seven indispensable qualities. Now, let me do this. Let's read them. And next Sunday, we will go over them. Can we do that? Because we need to get to a stopping place. And again, now, option two. We can stay to four. Well, no, let me correct that. Y'all can stay the full. <laughs> I'm going to watch. Uh, let, let's get this. Let's get this. Let's get this. Let's see, second Peter 2. <laughs> oh, there's this corner. Just talking about he's going to go watch football. What Christian watch football? This one. <laughs> and the 80% offended that you did looking at me. <laughs> Except for the ones whose game started at 4.30. Now that, yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm good. He can, he can stay all day. Don't make me. As long as we out by 4.30. Here we go, guys. I don't know what you guys want to be comical for today. Second Peter 1. Beginning at verse 
Let, let me read verse 5 from NLT because I like the way it reads because notice earlier I said there's something that we have to do being that respond to the Word of God. Watch this. In, uh, there it go. In view of all this, make every effort to receive, there, there it go, to respond to God's promises. Then he says, supplement or literally supply your faith with a generous amount, with a generous provision, excuse me, of moral excellence and moral excellence uh, with knowledge. Notice he says, make every effort. Your translation may say diligence. Uh, this basic meaning in the Greek, it simply means a swiftness of movement or action. It means haste, speed. So here it means to have an earnest commitment in the discharge of an obligation. So he says you have an earnest commitment to be quick to respond the way God says to respond. Okay, because we're sitting back. I'm waiting on God. God has already given you everything you need. Matter of fact, uh, let me see verse 3, I think it is, in the Amplified real quickly. Are you guys here? Now, I'm showing you this because we've said earlier, we, we're moving now from information to application. See, we've done heard. We, we know all about offense now. We know all about what, how, how it's caused and, and, and the, the ins and outs of it. But now, we got to learn application. For his divine power has bestowed on us what? Absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life. Listen, he has given you everything to live a dynamic spiritual life, but you have to respond. Are you here? Now, we're going to go over this, but let, now, let's, now let's look at the other verses. Verse, um, now number five, and I'll read it. From, I, I guess, I think this is New King James. For this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence and a moral excellence knowledge. Again, guys, Peter is emphatic here. He's not making a suggestion. He's saying that if you want to get to this, because we're going to see here again that if we do this, you won't ever stumble. And, and you won't buy you won't buy into that cop out of where everybody not everybody ain't can't get to that. Why not? He said, if if you are a love, great peace, have those who love his law, and nothing shall offend them. Are you here? And, and notice, and when he says, for this very reason, what reason? That's found in verse four, so that we might escape the world's corruption. And share in Christ's divine nature. So when we don't respond this way, we share in the world's corruption. You see, they do the eye for an eye. They hate because you hate them. They're not praying for those who persecute them. Are you here? And notice uh, something else significant I want you to understand. We're not told to supply faith. That comes from God. We already know that. Right? So our job is to add, supply ourselves with these things that we're about to see. So, now, verse 6, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in self-control, 
steadfastness, and in your steadfastness, godliness. Okay, I'm just reading. We're going to go over this next week. And in your godliness, brotherly affection. And in your brotherly affection, what? Develop Christian love. That is, learn unselfishly. You see it again. To seek the best for others and do things for their benefit. Now, now look at verse, verse 8. For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you, grow toward spiritual maturity. So as you do these, you are now growing towards spiritual maturity. They will keep you from being what? Useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities, whoever overlooks these qualities are blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth. So if I overlook this, I'm not interested in knowing the truth. I don't want to do what's right. It's so easy to be guided by the dictates of the flesh. Are you here? Having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verse 10. Here it go. Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing. See, this calling and choosing, we keep thinking, it's not talking about your calling to ministry. No, it's you being chosen as a believer. Are you here? So if I'm not doing these things, he said, make sure, be the more diligent to make sure that you are even a believer. Because to do these things identifies you as belonging to me. And to not do these things does not identify you as belonging to me. Check yourself. Because if we belong to him, we should see these qualities growing in us. Be sure that your behavior reflects and conforms, here it go, your relationship with God. For by doing these things, watch this, actively developing these virtues, here it go right here, you will never stumble. That goes back, you will never be offended. Yeah, it comes, but I never let it take root. Why? Because I'm spiritually mature. Are you here? You will never stumble in your spiritual growth, and you will live a life that leads others away from sin. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.